Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Little Brown School and Library Podcast. This is Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing at Little Brown Books for Young Readers. And I am very pleased to have with me today, through the magic of the interwebs and phone lines and Wi-Fi and many other things, one Samantha Berger, author of... Hello, I am one Samantha Berger. You are one Samantha Berger. Uh, Samantha... I, I speak truly of the, the magic of the interwebs because um, we are recording this. Actually, audience, it's the third time we've tried uh, to record this, but we are recording this today while I am, am in the midst of a blizzard in New York and our offices are closed, so I am, I am holed up in my secret bat cave of librarian marketing goodness. And you, Samantha, are where? I'm I'm in Santa Monica, California right now, where it's 75 degrees. So it's a little different. It's a little different. I I'm going to choose the better part uh, of of envy and and be happy that you are enjoying it uh, rather than hate you because I am not enjoying it. I know my friend said, don't tell anybody, you know, every day when it's really nice out, don't tell people because they will resent you. So I try to downplay it. Uh, I'm going to choose to be a better friend than that and say, yay, you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Samantha is the author of several books for young readers, um, picture books. Last week, her book Snooze Fest came out. It is published by somebody else. Uh, But she's done several books for Little Brown Books for Young Readers, Martha Doesn't Share and Martha Doesn't Say Sorry, and the Crankenstein books, Crankenstein and newest, A Crankenstein Valentine, which is perfect for this time of year. So welcome, Samantha, officially. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. Now, Samantha, I have long enjoyed your books, uh, which is... uh, signified by the fact that we are continuing to persevere to record this podcast because I love talking to you. Um, (laughs) I love books that are not specifically I love you books. They're more non-traditional I love you books in the sense that they celebrate um, the fundamental wildness of children. And that seems to be a continuing theme of your work. Um, in Martha Doesn't Share and Martha Doesn't Say Sorry, this, this is a child who is, who is going to, to assert her own way. And then in the Krankenstein books, it is just some full-on uh, uh, hijinks and mayhem. Um, what is the appeal to you of, of, of presenting children as wild young things? <laughs> well, I I do um, think that kids uh, are wonderfully wild things, and I'm definitely of the Maurice Sendak school of thought that picture books um, are for everyone, every age that they are. Krakenstein is for monsters of all ages, and um, Martha doesn't say sorry is for, you know, people who might need to hone their... Um, emotional skills of all ages and it's actually funny because the inspiration for the Martha books was from a grown-up person um, my friend's mother Martha who also refuses to apologize and um, the Frankenstein inspiration was from my grandfather who is 101 years old and um you know, is made of 
pure rage, just so much anger. So it's interesting, I think, that some of the commonalities that we find in grown-ups that we see in the youngest of uh, the youngest of critters and people also. So I, I love to celebrate the defiance and um, the rebellious nature um, and the individuality that you find in kids before they realize what all the rules are and how they're supposed to play by them. So really these books are sort of an I love you book, just a different kind of I love you book. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that when we love, truly love, unconditionally love, we love despite and in spite of all of our flaws and all of our shortcomings and all the lessons we need to learn as, you know, flawed, imperfect people. But the true love really um, gets past all of that to the nitty gritty of the person and, and who they are at the core. Well, I have to say, I, I, am, I enjoyed Martha, the Martha books, but I, I love Frankenstein. I so, so love Frankenstein because um, he, I grew up as a, as a non-pink child. And my mother definitely wanted a pink child. She didn't care what gender that child was. She just wanted a pink child that, you know, she could dress up and she could, you know, uh, do things with and be fruitful. And it would be neat, calm child. And I was not that pink child. I, I was a purple child. Um, uh, maybe it and, and maybe, you know, like a, a, a more a lightning child or some sort of bizarro color, but I love Frankenstein because he's a green kid in a pink world <laughs> and he's struggling with the, the intolerance of being a green kid in a pink world. <laughs> that is very true. And it, it really stands out right now in some stores where you go in and you see the Valentine's Day display reeking of pink, just pink smarts everywhere, every shade of pink, every red, every cliche, every heart shape, every uh, flower shape, every candy and rose and sweet, 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 oh, no, the top sweetness. My and teeth are hurting. Time. Now my teeth hurt. My teeth hurt. You're just <laughs> describing that. Oh, oh. But there has to be a place he for that so kid. Funny there in the middle of it all. <laughs> with, his, with the look on his face. But there has to be a place for that kid. And I think your books provide that place for that kid who is just, is not reacting in, let us say, the approved manner. There is definitely, and this is something that I love and respect about kids, they're true to themselves. You know, they know the truth, they feel the truth of what's going on in the room, they perceive things that the rest of us don't, but they're really true to themselves. And Frankenstein is definitely living his truth. <laughs> I love that. Uh, one of the other things I love about Frankenstein, and I maybe this is superficial, but as a person of uncontrollable hair... I love his hair. I, I, I love the Frankenstein hair. Um, I love that it is like a black flame against the page and it will not be controlled or tamed. And, and, it, and it does have geopolitical ambitions. <laughs> 
but somebody with uncontrollable hair, I, I can totally relate to that as well. <laughs> so that leads me to like the, the, the illustration of Frankenstein, which is done by Dan Santat. Um, um, it's interesting to me because you do not illustrate your own books, but you are a highly visual person as I can uh, testify from looking at your Facebook feed and seeing what is going to come up next from your vegetable art to your Chinese menu art to your daily drawing. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about um, how you have interacted as a, as a person of very strong visual um, ideas and opinions with the illustrators of your book, because Bruce Watley for the um, Martha books and Dan Santat for Frankenstein, these are each very different illustrators. But you as a visual person have strong ideas. How has that been for you giving up that control? Or how have you interacted with those illustrators to, to bring the story to life? Well, let's see. I definitely am a hugely visual person. A lot of times I make full illustrated dummies of my work when I submit a new manuscript. I try to draw and write every single day. And I do feel like that when you create a book, um, the visuals are part of the holistic vision. They're not separate. There's not really one part where one stops and the other one starts. So for me, like, I know the day will come where I write the write book for me to illustrate it and I think that's what it is. is every book has the right editor the right publisher the right illustrator behind it you know the right copy editor the right designer you know a million roles and um and it's really the right thing for the right book so I mean I've been very very lucky and fortunate to work with such incredible illustrators illustrators who, you know, outside the books we work on together, I love their work. I follow their work. I buy their work. I read their work. I plug their work. I really love it. So Bruce Wiley, you know, had done Diary of a Wombat. I thought that those creatures were so just love at first sight, adorable. And um, when it was brought up for him to do the Martha books, it was such a perfect choice because um, he brought a lovability and a roundness and a cuteness and a like stuffed animalness to a character who has an attitude problem, and that was really important to love her at first sight, despite the fact you know that she could be a you know what. So um, that was perfect. And in the case of Dan, um, it was a really different style. Like it had to be captured right at first sight, like. This kid is so cranky, he's a monster. And he's really cool, and he's uh, totally lovable, but, like, instant, that's what registers at a glance. This kid is is so cranky, he's a monster, and I have felt like that, too. Just like that. This morning when I, I woke up and I was out of coffee so I made decaf and then the milk was sour and then I didn't have clean clothes to wear and I walked outside the steps and dog poop I felt like that kid on the front of that book so I think Dan nailed it I think that um Bruce Watley nailed it they bring something to it that goes beyond my imagination so I got really lucky you know with um having that kind of illustrator um, bring to life 
a vision that even surpassed my own. But the right person for the right book. I will definitely do one of my own books at some point in time. Well, I love what you said about the how the text and and the and the images go together that it's one thing. Um because I what I love I mean, I love the illustrations. I do. And it is an unalloyed love for Martha and and for uh, Frankenstein. Okay, a little bit more for Frankenstein because, uh, again, not not a pink person. Not a pink. Um, And Martha's very pink. Um, But your books have such an excellent read-aloud mouthfeel to them. Um, How do you write your work or do you do you speak your work? Do you do you see what I mean with that question? Do you write down the text or do you do you talk your way through composing uh, the text of your picture books? I absolutely get what you're asking with that question. And the answer is I do both at the same time. I imagine an audience. I imagine reading to them, telling them the story out loud. My first drafts of the book are usually me talking out loud and pretending I'm telling the story to, you know, a bunch of uh, zero to six year olds <laughs> and their parents and caregivers and the people who buy them books. Um, but um, no, really, I do think it's important. And I write a lot of cartoons as well for preschool. And it's the exact same thing. I, I end up playing all parts and talking out loud and um, doing all the voices and my neighbors who can hear through the walls think that they're, that I, you know, have a personality disorder <laughs> or I live with many people. Well, I love that you brought up that you have a background in cartoons and animation. I know you're, you're out in Santa Monica working on some projects right now. Uh, because the, the thing that I, you know, an element that I don't think every picture book creator, let's not call anybody out because that would be wrong. Um, you have such an, a, a good grasp of pacing, uh, because of the performance character, uh, of, of your work. I mean, you speak about, you know, reading aloud and speaking aloud and, and acting out all the parts. I, I think that really marries up with your background in animation that books, uh, you know, they have they're you know, say six inches wide by nine inches tall, and they're probably a half an inch thick, but they have time and they have mood that's brought by performing them. Definitely. And the pauses that come from the turning of the pages, that timing in picture books is unique to picture books. And it's, um, it's one of the things that I love the most about picture books is that pause between pages, that reveal of what you're going to see. You know, you guys did this book, Me, Jane, the Jane Goodall. Oh, I love that book. I think that's Patrick. McDonald. Um, yeah, Patrick McDonald. It's one of my favorite books. And um, that page turn at the very end of the book, I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't read it, but it makes me cry every single time. It gets me where I live, and and that's something that's really unique to the format of picture books. Well, what are you working on right now, other than your you know your book related projects right now? I know you've just had a book uh, come out uh, this week called Snooze Fest, uh, which is yes, it's published by another house, as we say in the business, but it is delightful, and people should enjoy it. <laughs> what else do you have going on? Well. 
as you probably noticed with Snooze Fest and with Frankenstein Valentine and with another book I have coming out later in the year called um, Blue La La Witch Spa, which is about witches after Halloween who go to a spa for witchified <laughs> spa mm-hmm. treatments. Um, I also get behind my books with like a complete promotional campaign of book trailers and countdowns and pajama parties and whatever the theme is of the book. So I always feel like uh, a percentage of my time is always going towards that. And um, I can't help myself. You know, you can, you can take the girl out of promos, but you apparently can't take the promos out of the girl. Because I did work in the promo and interstitial department at Nickelodeon for 12 years. And I guess that's just what happens is you start to think like, oh, how can I, what's the slogan for this book? How can I get behind this? How can I get this into, you know, as many librarians' hands as possible and tell people? This time we made a song. We made an anthem with uh, the legendary hip-hop MC Chub Rock. So this is a really interesting uh, promotional campaign. In addition to that, I am writing on three different upcoming animated preschool shows. And um, I'm I'm sort of enjoying the adventure of having escaped winter magically. And um, I'm very excited to read Kat Ye's book, The Truth About Twinkie Pie. No. And... <laughs> Is there another and, secret project that we should know about? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm always working on a million things. Isn't always. there a, a graphic novel? Or isn't there an... I am working on writing and, um, and illustrating a graphic novel that I've been working on for a long time. That's for grown-up people and not kids. So it's really different. Well, I one of the things I adore about you is the genius switch... You do not have an off to your genius switch. And I prefer to think of you just like constantly sharing the joy of story with everyone that you meet. And and oh, the sharing of... That's a nice way to be thought of. Yes, uh, that you are you are sharing keen insights into big emotions that children have, that, for which they don't always have words. Sometimes they just have a Hulk smash. <laughs> or... Uh, that's... <laughs> Poor little Frankenstein, and and that you're you're sharing a an un, a wily humor with the uh, with readers, uh, young readers of all ages. Well, that's very kind, and I think I'd be comfortable with that as my legacy. You know, if you can make a couple of people laugh in a day, that's that, I'm comfortable with that. It's not a bad it's not a bad life choice. It's not a bad life choice. No. No, I, I I feel uh I feel like that's pretty accurate. <laughs> well, Samantha, I'm going to um I'm going to end this phone call by imagining you out there in Santa Monica on a pier, thinking up your next joke, thinking about your next turn of the page and your next secret plotting plan to write a brilliant picture book and then illustrate it. And I will look forward to your Facebook feed with more vegetable art or whatever else you find handy for your creativity. And I'm going to watch the snow slowly pile up the third floor window of my apartment. Sounds like a wonderful activity. And I will say that what I what I do miss about being there right now is 
you guys, like all the beloved book people, I feel um, disconnected from my community. Being, being with everybody. Um, but I'm thinking of you all. I think you'll find a couple people in Los Angeles. There's a few good ones out here. Yeah. And of course, if you're out here, you know, you know uh, exactly what to do. You, you call my, call my number. I will. I will. Everyone, this has been the Little Brown School and Library Podcast. I'm Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing. And with me has been Samantha Berger, author of A Crankenstein Valentine. Say goodbye, Samantha. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 